is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, Season 16, Episode number 113. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And we are presented by GEICO. It is our final show before a little bit of a break. And so we're going to get you guys ready for training camp. We're going to play a game for you guys today uh, called What We Know, What We Don't Know. Uh, we're going to talk about each position on the team, and these guys are going to tell you what we know coming out of the offseason and heading into training camp and what we don't know about each of those positions to to get you ready and uh, give you kind of a roadmap as to what we'll be looking for as the Cowboys enter the 2021 training camp in Oxnard, California later in July. How's everybody doing today? I'm all, I'm I'm so good. I'm I'm Great. excited. I thought Great. you weren't going to be with us for the last show, so I I'm wasn't. just I'm pumped to see you, AG. I sent my goodbyes to everyone last week cuz Nick said no shows on Wednesday. So Wait. I was like Blame and then she me. was like, Blame I got more stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I was the one that was so that was kind of up and down on this. Like, I was kind of talked into maybe last week should be the last show. And then I was like, well, no, we should do this one. So that's all of me. But that's I'm okay. I hope that you guys do a good job at training camp, that you guys give us good information. Don't screw it up. Don't make us believe one thing. And then the season starts and we believe we see another. So... Don't mess it up. Now I'll be the, judging from the outside. The foundation has already been laid for uh, for her to blame us for I know, right? anything that goes wrong. Hey, and by I the do, way, I do it too every and year. By the way, that's gonna happen. Like it always yeah. happens. We always have our camp gladiators, and then we have get into the season. And it's like they're not as good as they were in training camp. So that's just the way it goes. Uh, we're gonna jump in real quick before we get to our game where we start breaking down uh, this team. Uh, heading into training camp. I first want to get some camp observations. Uh, Cowboys start their mini camp yesterday. They have mini camp yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Uh, and then the veterans will leave and not be back until training camp. Uh, so what did you guys see yesterday in the, the practice that happened out here at, uh, at the Star? Well, I, I didn't only, only watched all the few minutes of it. I got here late. So um, it was the one of the most boringest practices I've ever seen. So I really didn't get a good view of it. Uh, it wasn't, I don't know. I mean, I know we wrote an article of some practice points, but I mean, from what I saw, I got the end, end of it where it was like helmets off and it was just like two-hand touch and pulling flags and stuff like that. So I didn't really get to see it. Yeah, they kind of lured us into a false sense of security the first two weeks of OTAs, it feels like. Because first two practices we got to see were – Pretty exciting by non-padded standards. Like, you know, there were interceptions and rookies making plays and Dak is back and all this stuff. And yesterday was like the epitome of why you kind of roll your eyes at OTAs because it was it was boring. It sucked, to be honest with you. It, I, I think it was instructional. They did a lot of situational work, like a lot of the types of situations where they're going through the reps in slow motion and the coaches are literally like out on the field moving guys into the parts of the zone that they want them in and that type of stuff. I'm sure it's beneficial for them. It's just not very exciting for us to look at. Um, and that's that's probably what two-thirds of it was other than a couple of some 
seven on seven periods. Um, it it was it was pretty boring. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I was gonna say. Like, even though it might be boring for whoever's watching, I, it's good to hear and see that they're doing these kinds of stuff because it needs to happen. So, I'm glad to see that they are putting in the work and going back to basics. We always talk about, and the players actually talk about that when they mention, "Oh yeah, this coach is going back to the techniques and basics." Players do like that from what I hear them say. So it's good that they're getting those kinds of basics out there. And even though it's not fun, at least by training camp, things will ramp up and be more exciting to yeah, watch. To, I mean, it, it doesn't matter that it's boring for us. Not like, good, this is yeah. what they didn't have last year. Like the instructional on-field stuff. I'm sure you can try your hardest to implement something you learned on Zoom. But being out there and seeing it for yourself, I'm sure matters. So... Good for them. It's just not super exciting to watch from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, one of the things I'm actually going to be looking at a lot this year is how much different is this defense than last year? Because I, I'm a big believer in the fact that there are people that there are lots of people out there that learn uh, that can learn by looking and by learning on a chalkboard or whatever kind of thing is in front of them. There are a lot of other people out there that learn best by doing. I'm one of those people. I learn by doing. I, I, anything I'm going to learn. It, give it to me, let me try it, and I'll learn a lot faster than just listening to you talk about it. And so I'm really interested to see if that's similar to the way a lot of these players are out there, uh, where last year trying to, to, to get into a new defensive scheme where all they were doing was just seeing it and not being able to really do it as much, uh, how much that set them back and how much they'll be advanced this year in trying to pick up this defense in situations where they're actually being able to do rather than just here. So we'll see. We'll see how much that makes a difference for this team. But I, I think that does make a huge difference for a lot of people, myself being included. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our game. We're going to play a game called What We Know, What We Don't Know. All right, I'm going to give you guys a position. I'm just going to toss it up in the air. And then we will start first with telling us what we know. And then we'll get into what we don't know. Let's start first with quarterback. What do we know? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys employ one of the five or six best in the league, and he's fully healthy, ready to go. Mike McCarthy said he's going to be – they expect him to be completely ready for training camp, like no limitations. He didn't take any off days this this year. You know, like it, it would make sense to have him on a schedule. He didn't do that. Um and they expect him to be ready to do everything by July. So that's what we know. I love how you just threw out that five or one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league. Because you and I, you and I, and, and Danny McCray had a long, like it probably lasted about an hour conversation about like where players on this team rank across the league. And there's probably some argument that people have, but I agree with you. I think he's one of the best five or yeah. six in the league. Steph Curry is one of the best players in the NBA. <laughs> and he couldn't get into the playoffs. So yeah. I think what we don't know is we don't know how good Dak is. Dak is the leader of this team. We don't know if he's good enough to translate to wins. That's what we had, we don't know. We didn't know it last year. He was two two and three last year as a starter. So we got it. He's he's great, and I think he's fully healthy. And I think his tackles will help you know in in front of him. But we don't know if with the guys around him, if Dak is good enough to just carry the team to where they need to be. That's, that's what I don't does know. Does he need to? Yeah. Like car- carry? 
I mean, he needs to be good, but this yeah. is a really talented offense. Like I, I when I when you say carry, I think of like early LeBron who had oh. no help whatsoever. Yeah, I think of the press conference that they created out the front for a forty million dollar quarterback. I think he definitely needs to carry this team. He's been he's been making two or three million a year, and then last year he made thirty one. I mean, he's got to carry the team. That's what a forty million dollar quarterback is supposed to do. Because who? Where else is it coming from? Does he not carry the team? Well, I, I guess I, I hear what you're saying, and I get your point. Yes, when you pay $40 million to a quarterback, you expect that he yeah. is going to carry it. But I agree with Dave. I don't think he has to. I think this team has so many weapons. I think it's his, it, it's important for him to make sure he does his job because it's not like this is not the kind of situation where you have a team where the quarterback is everything and everybody else is just kind of like if the quarterback doesn't do it we don't win like I think this is the kind of team where the quarterback has to do his job I don't think he has to step outside of what he does they have a really good running game right. he, he just got to do his job I think right but I'm just saying going off of what we know and I don't know if we know he's the top five or six quarterback it's what we think I guess it's our opinion yeah and I agree with that I mean he's in the top five I guess he is. I mean, I can't. I don't know where you were going with that. Like, he's in the top five. All right. No, I don't know. He's in the top <laughs> ten. He's in the top ten. I don't want to go through this whole thing about it. because it, that's a tough argument. Because you got young guys. Would you rather have? I mean, is he yeah. better than Herbert? Yeah. Who would rather? Who would teams rather have on their team if they were starting a new team? They would probably rather have him because he's younger and he's got more upside. So it's hard to rank. You know, because would you rather have Dak or would you rather have Tom Brady for the Dak. next five years? Dak. What about for today? Dak. To win a game today? Dak. <laughs> go, to next, go to the next he's question. Not you know, your game. He's Tom, he's Tom, he's Tom Brady <laughs> threw three picks in the yeah. NFC Champion. Like, yeah, I kinda, come on. I, I, agree well, he, I agree with you. It's a loaded team. He's yeah. not who he was 10 years ago. Well, that's a great example of what we're talking about here. Yeah. He's not carrying that team. Contrary no. to what a lot of people, the narrative a lot of people try to create for him, he's not carrying that team. That defense carried that team for a lot of last year. It wasn't necessarily Tom Brady. So. He's also... Arguably got a better receiver core than the Cowboys and the best tight end in history. I mean, or one of them at least. Yeah. I so my only point. I just like I said, I'm not going to go into the Dak versus Brady argument. I, I mean, Brady's unquestionably had a better career, right? And but Brady's I mean, highs have unquestionably been better than anything Dak has done. But at far, this yeah. point in their careers, which I, I'm high on Dak, that's fine, but. When you say, which we're already in the weeds, one position into this game, but we won't be we like got this time, at tight When you we say carry, I think of LeBron James trying to beat Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker with Delonte West. Like that's carry. It's like, hey, <laughs> you got to score forty, ten, and ten, or we're going to get our asses kicked. Whereas yeah. Dak's got to be good. He doesn't have to play at an MVP level for this team to make the playoffs. He's just got to be good. Yeah, in my opinion. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about what we know and what we don't know about the quarterback position. Uh, we know he's signed. We know he's going to be here. We know he's moving around like he hasn't been through an injury like the one that he went through. So that's that's really impressive, honestly. I honestly did not expect him to be moving around the way that he's been moving around this soon. So it's very... Um, promising and exciting to know that he's looking this healthy at this point and he's apparently going to be ready to go full go during training camp uh hopefully i mean when nick is making the argument about the the guys around him i mean the only position that i 
would think you could question would be the O-line, depending on what happens there and if he gets that kind of help and protection from the O-line this year. But other than that, I fully expect Dak to be able to make those throws during the season, be the quarterback that he needs to be, and also be mobile. I don't think that he's going to necessarily be restrained after the injury because of what happened. I think he's they're going to find a way to utilize him, especially in the red zone. So um, that I feel like... We kind of know, and then we're going to know who may be the backup quarterback unless McCarthy finds someone after training camp or something and they decide to sign that guy to back up Dak. But as of right now, I feel like we all agree it would be Gary Gilbert. So that's all, all right. we know. Let's go on to the running back position. What do we know about the running back position? I mean, we know who's going to play it. But first and second string, Like, I mean, that seems like it's set in stone. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think we know that Zeke looks a little bit better right now. I think this offseason will help him because I think he looks, I think he will go into training camp better than he looked last year at training camp. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably a lot of players because they weren't doing the same, hopefully. (laughs) But I think with Zeke, I think it matters a little more. We've seen some of the videos. We've seen the training. He looks pretty good out here. He hasn't been getting hit, and he certainly hasn't been fumbling, um, which is what he's got to fix. But I think think there will be – you just get the sense – I get the sense, at least, and I haven't even talked to him, but I get the sense that he he hears all the voices. Mm -hmm. He knows – he knows when we put out an article later this summer about where Zeke ranks against the running backs on this schedule. We do it for quarterbacks. We do it for running backs. I don't think Zeke's going to be in the top five of that. Oh, no. What? There's five. You're probably right. I think there's five running backs. Give me on five this. running backs on this schedule that's better than than Zeke. Well, I mean, you think through the schedule real got, quick. I mean, I mean Cook comes have, to mind have, immediately. Okay, Cook, I'm good with that. McCaffrey and Barkley. Okay, yeah. you're still going to put Barkley because he hasn't even started practicing yet. Yeah, Are you still going to put him above Zeke? It's a good question. I think, I think he probably will be. Yeah, I mean maybe he will be. I'm just saying, like, they, right now, I'm not willing to put him there just because I don't even know how, if you know. Think he, the Cowboys are? You think the Cowboys are more scared of Barkley than Giants are scared of Zeke? Two years ago, maybe. No, no. T- no I'm That's what I'm saying. Year. Today, I don't know. No. I, I don't. Right now, I, I would think I'm not that scared until I see Camara. Camara, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's right there. He's okay. right there in the in, at five. I think he and Kamara, to me, they're 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 about the same. I, I think don't, that's crazy. I don't see Kamara's. I don't see Kamara's much better than I, Zeke. I'm sorry. I vehemently disagree with you, just based on what they did last year. Yeah. Uh, that's fine, but I just I, I see Kamara as I, I will be interested to see is Kamara the same quality back sure. without having the the benefit of the passing game that they've had. To this point, because I don't, I don't think they're going to have that kind of passing game anymore. So I want to see is is Kamara able to do things when when you know when teams aren't having to pay attention to Drew Brees at quarterback and the receivers he's got. Up. You know, Drew Brees has missed a decent number of games the last two years, yeah, and they've it, leaned on him in a big way. I get it. He's come through. I get it. His I game against it. Seattle two seasons ago was incredible, but. He's still well, I mean, if we're going to go back a couple seasons, I think Zeke had some pretty good performances a couple seasons ago as well. I mean, I'm just – I don't see them as – all I'm saying is I don't see them as completely different. I think they're both really good quarterbacks. I mean, really good running backs. I think after that you can just kind of make the argument. I mean, um, the Raiders running back, Jacobs. Jacobs. He's pretty good too. I mean, so, so you know, the Chiefs back um, – 
all, those guys, will, you know, for what they do in their offense, I think they're kind of all comparable. I mean, I think Zeke is is right there now. Where does that rank, like top five in the league? I mean, I know Henry's Henry's not on the schedule. You know, right? Yeah, and um. The Colts running back, he's pretty, he's pretty good. Yeah, Taylor again, I don't put him above. Yeah. No, I, I, now well, we're getting into the part where I don't put those guys above. Okay, Zeke, I'm just saying about. I'm, I, well, my point is, is I think other than Henry, you're pretty much facing the best backs. Yeah, yeah, I agree with for that this, for this season. I might be missing one or two, but that's pretty much the case. So I think of what we know, I think he he looks good. What we don't know is will it will it matter? I mean, when you get to the season, but. Yeah, that's like I get that's I kind of had a hard time saying what I was thinking, and it's just because like we know we know Zeke and we know Tony too for that matter. Like we know who they are, we know their strengths, we know their weaknesses. I think Zeke's much a much better player than he looked last year, but I don't I don't know that he's going to be better. So I'm just like, well, like we we know who they are, we know that they're going to get the ball, we know that they're probably not going to get a heavy workload in the preseason. Just. See you week one, and hopefully it looks better than it did last year. <laughs> one other thing I'll point out, and I want your opinions on this, I don't quite know what they're going to do with Tony Pollard. I think he deserves more opportunities. I just don't know where they're going to come from. you got three wide receivers that you really like. you got Zeke. you got two, two tight ends you really like. Like, wh- Where is it going to come from? Where are you going to find opportunities for a guy like him? Where, By the way, where are you going to find opportunities for – the two tight ends, I, I, you know, I've heard. I think someone said last week that that there's a possibility they may use two tight ends on some packages. I'm like, that'll be nice to have in the playbook, but I don't think I'm expecting to see a lot of that. Who are so, your two tight ends? You talking about Schultz and Jarwin? Yeah, yeah. I I think both of them will probably deserve opportunities. I think Tony deserves opportunities. So my question becomes like, how do, how many opportunities can you give me? It's just because you you have so hey, many skill position players. If I have a um, if I have a position of need that in training camp that I've got to go trade for, um, I'm throwing Schultz out there as a trade. Really? Bay. Yeah, last year of his contract, probably not going to resign. He's coming off sixty catches. I, I don't think he's dynamic. I think he benefited from the guys around him. He's not down the field breaking down one on ones. He's he's sitting. He's smart enough to sit there and, and, and make some good plays. He gets himself open, but I don't think he's he's a guy that you would lean on. So if it you know if you if one of these young tight ends does something like they typically do, you know they they typically play well and will you know catch your eye or something like that. Jarwin comes back, Sprinkle does his job and all that. Then yeah, I think it's a it's a position that you might be able to trade for if somebody needs a tight end or something like that. I'd rather not. I like the idea of yeah. having both of them. Um, we, and actually, our mailbag is about this today. I looked it up, and not it, it's skewed because of all the injuries last year. But they ran twelve personnel twenty one percent of the time last year. Like they they really leaned into eleven personnel. Understandably, was that also. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like injuries are part of that. They didn't have Jarwin, so now you know with Jarwin and Schultz available, I think you could tick that up even maybe north of thirty percent if you wanted to. And I think it all works. Jarwin, you can also flex him out and use him as a big receiver if you want to. Like, I don't worry about the passing game. I think there's plenty of opportunities for all of that. Tony's interesting. I like they're not they're not going to use him in the passing game in any sort of creative sense. I got to see that to believe it. But <laughs> yeah, I saw you say the other day you're not believing it. I, I mean, even though you saw it in practice, he was it, out there running slants yesterday. But yeah. there's five injured receivers. Like, yeah. you know, show me this in the season. I don't care what you're doing in the spring. But 
you know, well, we, that's why he's practicing now. No, he's practicing now because nobody okay. else. He's practicing because Amari's wearing Jordans right now. Like Amari's not practicing, and like My half chest. of the rookies are hurt right well, now. Well, when the time comes, he can be ready in case they decide to be creative with him in the passing games. Again, in I'll case believe they it. Decide to be. I will believe hey, that's, it. That's a when good I see problem it. to have when you it have is. so many different yeah. weapons. You get give that to Kellen Moore, who he showed last year several different plays that were pretty creative. So I think that, and again, this is us expecting that all of these guys are going to be healthy throughout sure. the whole year. And we know with injuries, they can happen whenever. So I think that they are going to be able to find a way to utilize Tony Pollard. And we talked about it last year for so long. Oh, Zeke versus Pollard. And how, mu- how many plays do you give to to Tony now that he's playing better than Zeke at that point? But I think Zeke is going to be better this year than last year. And they are going to be able to utilize both of them and be productive. I, I really, really believe so. Especially after what Tony Pollard showed last year. I think that gives them more confidence to be able to create plays that are designed for both of them and to be able to have maybe in different occasions both of them on the field. Yeah, I think we all expect Zeke to be better this year. I think the key will be can he hold on the ball because that was probably the part of his game last year that suffered the most. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump in. We'll talk some more about tight end, wide receiver, and offensive line. What we know, what we don't know, we'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Cooler weather makes it easier to work outdoors, and we can make it even easier. With our Buckaroo package that features a 3025E, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, box blade, and a trailer for $295 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. What could be easier? Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Cowboys cheerleaders dance youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers for all skill levels. 
That's the Dallas Cowboys football cheer and dance youth camps uh, today, and three-day camps are available with new dates added at AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Spots are limited. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico, and we're talking about what we know, what we don't know heading into this 2021 Dallas Cowboys training camp that will begin in Oxnard, California later this summer. Uh, we have talked about the quarterback and the running back position. Let's talk about tight end. Nick, you mentioned uh, what you, what you would do if, yeah. if you got into I mean, the, the the preseason. I mean, if you got into training camp and had some other options there. I like Schultz. Yeah. Let's don't – I mean, I, I, I like – I think I liked Schultz before anyone else did. I, I, I do like him, but I don't think he was a huge difference maker. I mean, I, I think he – he sat in the zone and caught the ball, and it was a safety valve and all that. But I don't think he's a guy that you go into the season and you ever go into game plans and teams are really worried about. Uh, I think he's just he benefits, and just like Jarwin's going to benefit this offense with guys around him, you're going to benefit uh, for being. But Jarwin's a little bit more explosive down the seam and will be a little bit uh, will be a better player. But I don't see you guys keep saying twelve personnel, two tight ends. I don't think this is a good setup. These two guys aren't good blockers. Usually one of them is a better blocker. So this particular 12 personnel just because they're tight ends, I don't think that they I don't think they benefit. I don't think they could just run over people cuz Jarwin and Schultz are in the game. So that's why I think I think it's a 1 and 3 situation, you know? Like a you have what the do one. you consider a better blocker? I, I Sprinkle's got to be a better blocker. If you had to choose between those two though, who do you think's the better blocker? Oh, of those two? Yeah. Probably Schultz. Probably Jarwin, but it's that close. I mean, it's right. it's that. I think of him similarly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of agree. And I and which I, I thought one huh with which one? I, I agree that it's oh, it's kind of close. There, there's not yeah. honestly. I don't think there's a big difference between the two when it comes to blocking. And to be honest with you, what I saw last year from Schultz. I'm not sure that even as pass catchers, I see a huge difference between no. them. Like Schultz made some plays down the field. He made some plays that that it, he had to show some athleticism. Um, and and sometimes after he got the ball in his hands, he showed some athleticism. So I I don't know that I think I thought before last year, and I was one of those people before we even got yeah. to last year. I was like, why is he still on the team? Uh, he showed me a lot last year. I I think he's just as good as Jarwin. I don't think you lose anything. One versus the other. I, I, th- I just think from like 20 yards down the field, I think it takes about 12 steps for Schultz to get there. I think it takes about seven for Jarwin. It's, it's, wow, that's I mean, a big difference. It, it, I, I don't agree little, with you for whatever that's Maybe that's an exaggeration. It's a little slow. It, it, but but it's, I'm talking about just how quickly he gets down the field. I mean, Jarwin, he just eats up yards, and, and that's why his average is, is pretty high. So I, I, everybody was excited about what they were going to get out of him uh, last year. And I'm, you know, I think it'll be. I think I, I mean I just think he is a more of a difference maker than Schultz, but I give Schultz credit for what he did last year. And Schultz made some plays downfield last year, like he had a nice touchdown against Atlanta, Cleveland, probably twenty twenty five yards down the field. Like he did it, but yeah. I don't. I disagree with you. Like I, I really I agree with Nick. Jarwin has a little bit more of an explosive element to his game, like what he can do in the seam. Uh, if you remember the yak touchdown that he had against the Giants a couple years ago, where he caught it, yeah. He, it was like a ten-yard catch, but he scored a thirty-yard touchdown. He he just outran everybody and slipped a tackle too. Like I think he's a better athlete. Just bottom line, and that's exciting. But I mean, if he can get down the seam with all the attention you got to pay to everybody else. But good. when the season started, everyone was excited about Jarwin and said the stats will be sixty-four catches for five hundred yards, five touchdowns or four touchdowns. 
which is exactly that's Schultz's numbers. Yeah, I think everyone would have been excited about that. So, I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I, I just think there's upside is still a little bit more. That's probably the best you're going to get out of Schultz. Probably, I, I, I do think he's still a young and developing player. Um, and so I, I think last year was just the year where he broke out because main, mainly because he got opportunities, and uh, and I think we saw from him last year that he is more than adequate in this offense to play that role. Okay, to answer the question, what we don't know, yeah, and I'll, I'll say that what we don't know about them is how those two guys will work together and be, benefit the Cowboys as a twelve personnel. Those two, can they? When they're both in the game, are you worried about the teams worried about the way they run the ball because they're two tight ends in there? That's what I don't know. Yeah, and that would be it would be disappointing if you had to run, which no disrespect to Jeremy Sprinkle, but if you had to take one of them off the field to use multiple tight ends or if you had to use like big eleven, like use Jarwin as your slot receiver and take one of those receivers off the field, I I don't like the sound of that. Dude was a baller in college though. Huh? Sprinkle? Sprinkle? He's. I mean, as a pass catcher, right? And he, I, he has. He's had a decent. Like his his stats are not terrible no. for a guy who's never been, you know, a starting caliber tight end. I mean, I guess that's my point. Like, I I think if you see twelve personnel, I I think it's actually going to be with one of those two plus Sprinkle. Yeah, I think that's the, the the where you get an advantage because you have one that can literally stay in and block if you needed him to. So, and this team likes. Let's do not forget about Sean McEwen. They like him. Yeah. And if you watch some practice out there, he seems like he's always doing something. I know Jarwin's not out there, but yeah. McEwen is a guy that you know they like. And we'll see about any rookies. The tight, TCU tight end, Lynn maybe? Or yeah, Tavius don't make Lynn. me say his name No, right I think now, it's like number yeah. 47. And they got a kid from Michigan, too. Looks the part. Yeah, <laughs> he looks the part. Nick Eubanks? Nick Eubanks, yes. That's the, the guy Michigan that gets guy. off the bus. He's that kind of guy. I don't know about Eubanks. I'm talking about That's our... 47. Oh, yeah. well, who's Artavius Lynn? No, that, he, you're, you're That's right. That's 49. He's the... 49. Oh, okay. There you go. 49. That's the one. He he. That has like 20 catches in his career at TCU. You know, they weren't like feeding him the ball, but yeah. All right. That's, Let's, uh, I, I guess I just, I just don't know what it's going to look like, really. Yeah, we did talk about tied in a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this is where we would make up some ground on the court. Look, we got time. We got plenty of time. We can get through all of these. I think no you problem. Say so. All right, let's go to wide receiver. <laughs> you say if you say so. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. What do we know? What do we don't know? We know that they have arguably the best receiving core in the league. I think only Tampa, not even not even Tennessee, even with Julio. Like I mean, you, they don't have one, one of the three. They don't have the best duo, but they arguably have the best trio in the league. I think really only Tampa can compete. Um. There's another team I was thinking that had a good trio too, and I can't remember who it was. I'll take I'll take Dallas against no damn near anybody, if yeah. not everybody. Um, I mean, sometimes that third guy is just there because, like, whoever the third guy in Tennessee is, I don't even know. Me um, neither. That's um, my point. Or some, I don't know. There whoever are four, it is, there it, are four or five teams that have a better duo than the Cowboys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Whether that's Tennessee, Tampa, obviously can Mainly, say that. When the Cowboys duo is undefined, I mean, we, we could we could go around the table and probably have different. I mean, is but it, I just is it CD and and um, I think it's clear as CD and Cooper, right? Is it clear, I think so. I don't know. Oof, that's tough because like I, I'm the guy that's always like, stop disrespecting Michael Gallup. But like, if you made me pick two of the three, yeah. I think I'd I think Gallup is a really good receiver. And I, I will tell you this, I'm, I'm very interested to see 
And Nick, you and I talked about this yesterday. I'm very interested to see how he performs this year because he is in that that range where there may be a team out there that looks at how he performs this year and says, we'll pay him one or two, number one, number two wide receiver money, and it'll make it tough for the Cowboys in that situation unless they're planning to move on from, say, Cooper. Right. And it'll make a tough decision for the Cowboys of which one they value more where they are in their career. So I think he's right there on that cusp of that kind of guy. What we know CD Lamb will be on the roster in 2022. Yeah, yeah. What we don't. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know for sure about Cooper. He's under contract, right? Yeah, but they but could get out his, of it. His guarantees are done. Yeah, they, they could get front out loaded of the heck out of that contract. Man, I mean, he was so good last year. Well, we don't year. have to worry about that. This we don't have to worry about it. He had three. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Knock true, true. on wood. Yeah, I mean, not like 2022 is going to bring a whole host of questions. But yeah. knocking on wood. Yeah, we're talking about training camp. They have. Arguably the best trio in the league. They are all healthy and in their prime and look like they're ready to light the league on fire. Which And, I and know, got their quarterback back. Yeah, and it, it, it didn't come with, you know, even when Dak was there, we know they had a losing record. I get it, yada, yada. But they were prolific. Like, they were all on pace for like 1,200 yards before Dak got hurt. I actually, I said this on the radio the other day, big LSU homer here. But even I'm kind of like, let's let's settle down on the Justin Jefferson hype because he got to play a whole season with the right circumstances. CD had a fantastic season, and I mean there were drops. He had he had some problems. It wasn't all perfect, but I think I think people would be talking about him a lot more if he had had better circumstances. Yeah. And I, you know, people are like, well. Why did all these other receivers get drafted before uh, Justin Jefferson? I'm like, wait, just wait a minute. Like, let's just wait a year and see if you're still saying that when CD gets to go through year two with Dak and have a better offense. And I'll say this. One of the things about receivers for me is in their rookie year, I know there are going to be challenges because that's the nature of going to the NFL. But look at the kind of catches they make. That'll tell you a lot about what you can project them to be. And some of the catches he made – I don't know if 90% of the, the receivers in the NFL can make. He would have like, won he rookie of the year. He made some amazing catches. He huh? would have won rookie of the year with one catch that he dropped. That touched? Oh, that, yeah. Against Pittsburgh? Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate calling it a drop. It was 55 yards down yeah. the field, and I didn't really know Andy Dalton could sling it like that. But right before the half, remember the Hail Mary? I mean, if he went up and snagged that, that would have been one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. I'm not saying maybe he doesn't beat Jefferson. His numbers were incredible. But um, I – Here's one more point about Gallup. I would do everything I could to, to re-sign him if I'm the Cowboys. What I like about him, not not anything to do with, with on the field. He's, he's great there. He's a deep threat. But he is he is not the prototype when it comes to diva-wide receivers. He is, he likes to share the ball. He likes to be a part of this. Um he he even said one game was it? You know, I had a hundred yards at the half. You know, somebody else needs to. It was eat. Philly. He he has that mentality where he's not a problem. It's not a problem. If if Harper had a lot of great plays in a game, that that's good for the Cowboys. But Michael Irvin had a problem with it. Not not saying that they they didn't like each other. I'm saying Michael wanted the ball, and you can say that there was a dog mentality and all that. And I still think Gallup has it. But I think he is a great great fit for other star receivers and and I I would do what I could to 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 resign him. I hell yeah, it just sounds like sounds hard. It sounds tough to I do. Know. Cause, and that's, you know, maybe more are, than more than Cooper then is what I'm really saying. Okay. I mean, he's really got to have a subpar year or the Cowboys have to make a tough decision between him and Cooper. 
right? It, it, there is no in between. If he has a great year, then it's. I think it's going to be very difficult to sign him to a contract that other teams aren't willing to beat. And then it becomes a situation, does he just want to be here for less money? Mm-hmm. But I don't suspect that's going to be the case. So all that being said, like it, it's a it's a tough situation to be in with a guy like yeah. that in in a in a three you know in a three way. I mean, he's got three wide receivers on this team that are all really good. You this know? and th- this goes back to my you know we had that argument with Danny McRae. I think. And this, I love Coop, but this is where I'm like, well, let's let's respect, let's put some respect on Amari Cooper too, because I think he's a top ten receiver in the league. I do too. And people kind of balk at me when I say that he's not. He's not like he's not Hopkins. He's not. He's not top three. And the the disappearing acts, the road problems. That's all fair. But that last season, coming off what he did, really only had one bad game, and it was when Danucci was the quarterback. He was consistent. And everybody, everybody had, had a bad game that night. It was one of the worst professional yeah. football games I've ever watched in my life. Right. Um, but week after week, he's a route technician. He's a deep threat. He, I mean, I, I think not enough people appreciate how good Amari Cooper really is. So unless, and we can never predict it. Like maybe he gets hurt and misses eight games, and then all of a sudden it is a tough conversation. But if they get seventeen weeks of what Cooper did last year, mm-hmm. I don't think it's even close yeah. in terms of who I'd rather have. No offense to Mike. I agree. You know what? Going back to. Focusing on this year specifically, and going back to Nick's point about like Michael Gallup and how he is, that's one of the things that I was going to mention that I'd really like about this group is that it's it's like a quiet group. And, and even though, to me, many, many times last year, I would forget about Amari Cooper. Like He wouldn't make necessarily like really flashy plays, and it was like, wait, how much has he played? And then you look at the end of the game, the stats, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, crap. <laughs> okay. So, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that's great when you have guys that don't necessarily are causing that much attention, but they're being really productive on the field. And those two guys, I think that C.D. Lamb, he can be that he can become that kind of diva guy. He has the attitude and the skill for it. He could become that. He isn't that yet or anything. Um, but I think that because he's surrounded by two guys like that, it's pulling him back as far as maintaining that teammate thing, you know, that it just works. You know, it just works and they're fine with being spreading things around with each other and not taking, oh, I, I need more uh, plays or whatever. I think that right now I just love how this trio works. And I love C.D. Lamb's attitude and the fact that he's talking about being more aggressive for next year and some of the things that we have been able to see during these practices. I mean, it's freaking impressive, yeah. the fact that he's still looking like that. And this is just the beginning for him. So it's really, really exciting to see that the Cowboys do have this trio for this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the the reason why Cooper isn't as respected, I think, sometimes, or at least not put in that category across the league with those great receivers is because he's not as flashy. He makes things that are not ordinary look easy. And so I think people just kind of think, oh, well, he was just open. Well, there's something he did to get yeah. open mm-hmm. to make that play. And I just think that's a part of his game that, that's, that people don't respect as much as they should. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the offensive line. What do we know? What do we don't know? Well, what do we don't know probably is, is Tyron Smith. You know, he's We don't got, know Joe Looney. We, is well, he coming back? I don't, I don't, we don't know about the center position. This is the that. position where we probably got more I don't knows. Yeah. Than I know. And that's interesting to say on a team like this with that defense. Right? I know. don't know how many games Tyron's going to play. Zach Martin's yeah. going to line up at right guard. He'll be, that, he'll be there. 
That's, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I know. you know, like, this is this is what I was saying. I know. I was. I thought you were done. But. Oh no! So I just. This is what, like this is the epitome of optimism season, and it, it is it's exciting. You know, Tyron, he's talked multiple times in the last week. He's he's in an, he's in a fantastic mood. Like he's smiling from ear to ear. Oh, yeah, no, and like he's awesome. he's not a jerk, but he's just kind of a low key stoic guy, yeah. and he seems he's just to quiet. Be, yeah. yeah. He seems to be much more bubbly, which is never a word that I thought I would use. Best to, to ever do it. <laughs> never, never said a word. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm Say just again? the best to ever do it. Yeah, never right, said a yeah, word. Yeah. No, that's not Even uncommon. When he was going in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> just a quiet. I don't know, man. No, when he went to the Hall of Fame. Larry Allen. Larry Allen. And we said him and his wife. His wife came and got him yeah, some chicken in a forty. Yeah, that was funny. And he knew she was the one. That's funny. That was good. My point is, this is the time of year. Like everybody feels great. Like the surgery went amazing, and I feel awesome. And I'm, you know, Tyron's going to play till the wheels fall off. That's what he said yesterday. And I hope that's true, but I don't know it. That's all. Same. Th- I mean, same thing goes for Lyle. Honestly, like hip injuries. That sounds really scary when you know your whole job is leveraging gigantic, strong people. So, man, I really, I really, I think they're going to hold up. I've been bullish on them this whole time, and everything we're seeing suggests that they're in a good spot. But you just don't know. And it's that's scary. I just I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be in where are we going week two L A I don't want to be in L A and like you know two quarters into the second game of the year we're talking about this again I hope that mm. doesn't happen but please, we just don't know please don't well we know that Zach Martin can do a good job at tackle so yeah <laughs> that's one thing we do know yeah. other than that I mean there are many things we don't know for this whole I think group we know that I think this group has the, I think. This group has the potential to be their best line in a few years because because of this injury, it hasn't been like that's that's five years ago that the Dallas line had this amazing reputation. But I think they have the potential, probably not as good as like Cleveland or some of these other great lines that have come up in the last few years, but much better than what we've gotten used to seeing since 2017. I think this team has a borderline problem at center, and I, I, really? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like what what they have at center. You're not a fan of of, of their uh, their young guy. No, you don't like what Andy Dalton said. No, no, but but no, I don't him. like I don't like the fact that it, you're putting all your eggs on in the basket of Biotish, a fifth round pick who got hurt in pregame warmups last year with his hamstring injury. That bothers me too. And then and then who's the backup? Farniak. Why don't they put Connor Williams over there at least to try? I don't. I don't know. Or Connor McGovern. Or Connor McGovern. He was, too. He was a fourth round pick. Just that, but I mean, who? Biotis. Biotis. Did I say they, fifth? They traded up. Yeah, I mean, he was pick one forty six. It's not a big I difference. I think he's fifth round. Sorry, <laughs> I've been saying. I thought. I keep saying Semi Fajoko's a sixth. He's a fifth. Once you get to day three, it just yeah. blurs together. It's fine. Looks like an eighth. Um, but I, I thought Biotis. <laughs> I thought in I'm opportunities sorry. where Biotis played, played last year, I thought he played okay for a rookie on that offensive line. Yeah, right? yeah, I played okay for a rookie. Like, like, like I well, think that's that's right. That's what the standard. And you hope that he's going to get better yeah. and all that. But if not, then what? Like, I don't, I, I don't like the position as it stands right now. I need even if it's a backup, if it's Joe Looney, whoever. I need a, a backup that. I'm, that will be like if we have to play him, he's played four or five years. I need that journeyman guy that can at least back him up. Mm-hmm. It can't be Farniok as the guy, so or even McGovern. 
So I just there's something about this position that's just unsettling right now. And that's I, we did a whole segment on it last week. We don't have to do it again. Yeah. But their whole thing, always every position is like we're gonna try to create competition. And that center, it's yeah. we got Tyler. And if that doesn't work, we got like four guys who did this five years ago in college. Like right. that's you know even McGovern's taken snaps in OTAs like a few times. He's never done it in a meaningful situation. Mm-hmm. Connor Williams, I don't know if he's ever played center in a game, even in college, because he was all American tackle. So it's just weird to think that that that's what they would go to training camp with, which is why we talked about Joe Looney and. For like a, because I think they need the competition, and b, because we all like Joe. Like I hope he is on the plane when they eventually he's get here. ready to go. But and I don't, we'll and I'm okay if he's your backup. <laughs> I'm okay if he's your backup because I I, I love him as a backup. I yeah. mean, center guard guard. He goes to the game. He can fill in at any spot. Um, and if Biotis is the guy beats him out, and they really want him to win the job, but Looney's right there, kind of behind him, pushing him. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm I'd feel better about it. But it can't be Farniok pushing. Biotish. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just unsettling. This might be a dumb question, but I'm not trying to be funny or anything. How difficult is it really to find decent offensive linemen? Because, I mean, I feel like every year, whether it's the tackle position or maybe, I mean, guard hasn't been questioned as much as, I mean, Connor Willing has been questioned uh, during his time here, but now center, I feel like every year there's some, there's always a big doubt whether it on, on whatever side of the line that the Cowboys have, and I just it makes me wonder about the rest of the NFL. I don't really keep up with kind I, of what their backups are. Or other than quarterback is. and pass rusher. I mean, it's it's absolutely one of the hardest things to do is to, especially more so tackle, like it, you know, and that's what you know. Centers tend not to get drafted highly, kind of going the nose tackle argument. You can kind of fill that in when they drafted Travis thirty first overall. Everybody freaked out, saying you could get him in the third round because centers are undervalued. But just in general, like finding quality offensive linemen is very hard to do, uh, mainly because of the differences in blocking schemes to college, what they ask their players to do, the caliber of players they go against. So, I mean, this is a league-wide problem. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you if your top five get hurt, you're typically in a world of trouble. That's not just the Cowboys. And last year they had a lot of injuries, and it was yeah. at those two premium positions at tackle, right and left tackle. So. I think, yeah, I think it's a hard position to be able to, to, to find. Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I want to jump to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about what we, what we know and what we don't know. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. 
the Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited number of single games, standing room only tickets are now on sale. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Geico. It is our final segment before we take a little break, and we're going to finish up talking defense. Let's start with the defensive line. What do we know? What do we don't know? Can we just do the whole defense and be like, we don't know anything? We don't know. You know some things. Come on. I know that they have one. I know oh, go ahead. Randy Gregory is having his best off season he's ever had. True, because he's having an off season. Whatever, yeah. and we're starting. <laughs> we're getting, we set the bar low. I know that Micah Parsons is looking to be a badass. Okay, he is. All right, everything that he's shown so far in the way these backups. Yeah. Backup tackles and stuff like that. Like, no, no, we need we needs to go up against Zach Martins and it's, I, guys. I don't know. I don't know what any of it's gonna look like. Like, I do. Yeah, Randy Gregory is having a great off season because it's the first time he's ever had one. Micah Parsons does look really exciting, but like, do I know how much he's gonna be on the field? Do I know what his role is? Not really. He's doing a little bit of everything. Do I know, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is a rehab guy right now. He's not really practicing, which is fine. I don't care, but I just I'm not I'm not seeing him. Um they rotate the defensive line and switch the alignment every other rep. I mean, they're they're doing it looks I hate saying this because it's a bummer, but it looks a lot like last year in terms of, you know, the, the four man front and then the dropping and the three man front and they're using different personnel. I just I, I don't I don't know. I think Brent I Urban is going to be more of a factor on the defense than Dave's we. been saying that. Yeah. That's right. I got to give you credit. You've been saying it. I know. I mean, I know. I, no, I know when we go up to Canton for the Hall for the Hall of Fame yeah. uh, game and all that, um, they're going to be sizing Bohanna's like bust and stuff like that. Like, just get him him ready. Getting him ready. Yeah. yeah. Not, they're not putting him in. No, not putting him in. But see, even with Brent Urban, who yeah, like he he's gonna. I think he's gonna be one of your base ends when they do the three four stuff. Again, I think he can kick inside. But I don't. I don't know. What it's how good he's going to be. I think he's got the potential to be good. I think he'll probably be one of your predominant starting defensive linemen, but I just don't, I don't know. And maybe, you know, I'm gun shy because of what we always talk about of like hyping people up too much. Yeah. Is it, is this one of the, like, I'm speaking, I'm speaking specifically about the inside part of the defensive line. 
is this one of the few positions on this team, maybe other than that in safety, where right now we could probably go around the table and we would have different names as to who we even think are going to be the starters. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't a lot of starting jobs up to up for grabs. Defensive tackle, I can't tell you that the two guys that were starting there last year will be the two guys starting there this year. Right. One right. of them's not practicing, you know. I mean Tristan Hill. Right. And then Never Neville Gallimore. He, I mean, he's going to get in there. and Which we penciled them in as the starters because they were high draft were picks yeah. and they were here. If they started more than one game together, it, yeah. it was it couldn't have been more than one. No, Gallimore Tri- kinda, Tristan right. was hurt right. by the time Gallimore came on. So, right. like, it's not even like that is an experienced Woods, duo. Crawford, right. you know, those guys played in there. Yeah. Urban will, will factor in. Um, Odigizua. Odigizua. He's yeah. gonna He's going to. And Chauncey Golston has been kicking inside. Carlos to, Watkins. Carlos Watkins. I mean, he's your other base end right now. When they have, when they do three man fronts, and Quinn played a little bit of yeah, you know, he, he he played a little nose. Didn't he'll he? line up in there, a little nose. That's it's it's weird to think about. You know, we haven't seen Tristan, and they never stay the same. So like Watkins will be out there in the three man front, and then he comes off, and somebody else comes in when it's a four man front, or maybe he's in, he's played some one in a four man front too. Like it makes my head spin trying to keep track of it all, and they don't even have their full allotment of guys. So I couldn't hope to tell you what their rotation will be when it matters so I, I guess what i'm trying to say is i don't know everything anything we don't know very much <laughs> i know they got i know they got a lot of guys who you couldn't call proven i get urban is like the one he i mean he's been in the league for eight years he's got a pretty good reputation for what he does which is stop the run and eat up blocks and that's the closest i think you can come to a guy with a proven reputation i think i think what what sets the the defensive line apart is when you have a third guy that that does something a defensive end. You know, you you got to you got to have a stud rusher, and he's got to play like one and have the stats like one and get the reputation where you know draw the double teams. And I, we'll see if D Law can do that. And then you got another guy on the other side if he can make a difference like he like he shows he can. But then if, if you get a third guy that that comes in and can do you know maybe five or six sacks a season, that's you know if Basham can be that player. Then I think I think the defense can be much improved, and um, you know he 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 has the potential to be that guy. All right, let's move on to the linebacker position. What do we know? What do we don't know? We know, we know as Amber said, Parsons will be a badass, but. What what no, we don't know that. <laughs> we don't hey, know well, that. Amber knows he, that. Let's I say Amber he is looking to okay. be a badass. Okay. He's right. looking to be a badass. He he's shown the flexibility and the different positions how they've been kind of moving him around. He's looking to be that like someone who can actually help uh, create some pressure and get to the quarterback. So that's exciting. When you talk about you know getting sacks, I think. To, <laughs> He's looking to be like someone who's going to start. I'm sorry. This is coming from the woman who, like, at the end of the summer or in October, she's going to be the one that's pissed off if it doesn't go the way that she wants it to go. Because he looks so good in OTA. Yeah. Oh, he, and he, he does, by the way. He cannot be any worse than last year at linebacker. Uh, this I'm cannot be any worse than what we I saw last year. He does look great at OTAs. Like he's, get, like, he's intercepting passes. He's getting his hand on the ball. He... He he killed Garrett Gilbert yesterday. Like if it had been a live rep, he would have killed him. He he I actually screamed because he got off the line <laughs> so fast. He was in the backfield before Ty Inseki even got out of his stance. He was already back Your there. Swing tackle, ladies and gentlemen. Like by the time Garrett Gilbert had the ball in his hands and looked up, Parsons was there, and mm. it was 
It was See, exciting. That, that is what is exciting to but me. It, the fact that we haven't seen him in real NFL football game, which the speed we know it goes way up. But as of right now, that's one of the the exciting things for me is seeing his speed, which is something that to me was lacking last year at the linebacker position. And again, that we haven't seen it in a real game, which changes everything. But as of right now, I'm excited to see the kind of speed that he's showing and maybe what that's going to look like in an actual NFL I need, game. I need four preseason games from, from him. Hmm. I mean, and not four for, for everybody. But for Micah Parsons, I, I, I want to see him in four games uh, because he hasn't played any footballs in two years. So I, I, I think he needs to – not a lot. I'm not talking about a bunch of time, you know, but I think just the speed of the game, even though preseason is different, it's still fast. It's way faster than anything he, he's ever experienced, any, anything he's experienced in a year and a half. So um, I think it's important to kind of get him out there in different different roles, and, and I think the preseason games will benefit him as, as much as anybody, especially for a number 12 overall pick. You would think it's more get in and get out. Which it will be, but I still think he needs to play some some of these games a little bit more than normal guys would. All I'm willing to say I know is that other than quarterback, this is the position that they've invested in the most. And it's kind of crazy when you think about it. $13 million a year, Jalen Smith. 19th overall pick, Leighton Van Der Esch. 12th overall pick, Micah Parsons. The best free agent signing of the year, $5 million, Keanu Neal. Fourth round pick, Jabril Cox. Like, they know it's they a put resources. They in. know it's a problem. Yeah. And hopefully that does something to fix it. All right. And we're not talking about it like we talked about the wide receiver position. That's what's scary. Yeah, yeah. Right. You invested right. all that. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. You'd, I, I really wish I knew a lot more <laughs> for how much money they've spent on yeah. it. All right, let's, let's finish this up with the secondary. What do we know? What do we don't know? Well, you mentioned Keanu Neal, and I, want, I wanted to ask you guys, what have you guys seen from him? I feel like. I, I, I don't actually, know much, and that's a guy we talked a lot about him during the offseason. So, I mean, I like, I like what I've seen a lot. The only thing that gives me pause is just I don't know how they make it all work with all these other linebackers. But he's out there a lot in nickel. He's out there a lot. Like I think he's he's going to be one of their passing down guys. Like if it's third and more than four or five, I think he's going to be on the field. He adds going back to the speed thing. I mean, if him and Micah Parsons are on the field together, yeah, that is a fast linebacker core. Um, and and I mean, he was a, he was a strong safety in Atlanta for most of his career anyway. Like that's what he does. Like he said that he said that a, a week or so ago. He was like, in my head, I've been a linebacker for a long time. Like mm-hmm. that's basically what they asked me to do. Somebody posted a video clip of him last week, uh, yesterday on Twitter, meeting Leonard Fournette in the hole and just stopping him cold. I mean, he's got that kind of power yeah. and ability. Um, he lo- he looks good to me. He looks the part. Yeah, I just again ha- have fun figuring out how these guys all rotate. Um, but. He's a linebacker until something like he is not playing safety at all for anybody that wants to know. He hasn't done it well, once. That's the thing. I'm like, we kind of need some help back there in the backfield. So and is he's that, a guy is that what with we talent. Don't, is that what we know or what we don't know about the secondary? Like, you know, there, there's I mean, lots of questions there. Kazee and Curse have been the guys that have been here the most, and they've been playing together, and they've been the guys, the first team starters. And if you're out there wondering where Donovan Wilson is, I mean, he. He hasn't participated as much uh, in the voluntary. Is there any injury? No. But remember now, it was voluntary, and this is not normal. This, you have the, the president of the NFL PA and you know players committee saying that we shouldn't do this. So players had their own thoughts on how they did stuff. And I'm not, I don't even know the deal with Donovan Wilson. I just know he didn't, 
he didn't participate a lot. He's out here though in the, in well, the he, mandatory. He's well, this is not this is mandatory. They, yeah, he's, mandatory. Here. he's out here. They're holding him out. He's got they they're calling it knee soreness. And he's been at OTAs. Yeah, I think. yeah, he's been here. He's been here. He yeah. hasn't. He hasn't been here for as much of just the off season, like pre spring stuff, as some other guys. I have. guess what I'm saying is, is don't get the sharpie out for putting him in oh, as the starting yeah. safety. Even though we kind of thought that he was, t- you know, doing all that. And all, I don't think they're looking at it like, well, he has to be the guy. He's mm-hmm. going to factor into this because he's a playmaker. And well, even positions that are up for grabs yeah. at this point, it's like who's going to win he's gotta it. He's got to go right? get it, though. Even yeah. before he hurt his knee, Curse was getting reps with Kazee ahead of him. He yeah. was mixing in, and I'm not trying to assign strings in the spring, but Curse is getting a heavy look. Um, I think I know – I. I'm going to go as far as to say I know who the I know who the cornerbacks are going to be at least at the start of the season. I really feel that way. I think Kelvin Joseph or Nashawn Wright would have to do something incredible to pass up Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs, and Jordan Lewis at least at the outset of the season. And Nashawn Wright has looked great. Right, yeah. He's had a great spring, but it, he's still the spring. He's going against Ben DiNucci yeah. and Aaron Parker. Uh, you know, there's a difference there. Um, so I re- I think I know what the cornerback depth chart looks like at least for the start of this thing. When we safety not so much. When we get to training camp and we they do the one on one drills and stuff like that, I want to see Nashawn Wright mm-hmm. against um, the, the. I want to at least see him against the Cedric Wilsons and Noah Brown level. And then, I want to see that yeah. definitely like like this. I don't know if he's just boom put him right there, but. You know, I, I he's done a nice job, and he's he's exceeding expectations, which were in the dirt when he was drafted. Obviously, he, which and that's they were in the dirt, and now it's like they're here. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, come on, let's bring Probably it down in the middle somewhere. Which yeah. is it's funny because I'm the I've been reluctant to just proclaim things, but I. I have, I think, I think fans will probably be pissed as training camp winds down, and it's like, wow, like Kelvin and Kelvin and Nishan aren't gonna just grab this thing by the horns. Like, no, it's hard to play cornerback in the NFL, and the three guys well, at the top of the depth chart have been doing it a lot longer. Other than his parents, nobody gets excited about Anthony Brown. They just don't. No, nobody does, and that just because he's just the guy that comes in and does his job. But you know, he he's made a few plays in his career. He's probably one of the what top ten. Tenured players on this team right now, just because I've even he's been here five years, but you know he he's solid. I think he that's the best definition for him, and which doesn't get people excited. No, nobody gets excited yeah. about solid corners, but those right and and um, Joseph they've got to get to that level, and it, that's hard to do as as rookies. That's yeah, I I just think the deck is stacked against those guys, and sorry if that bums people out, and, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, maybe they'll be incredible, but I. Unless somebody gets hurt, I think this top three corners, it's going to be hard to unseat those three, in my opinion. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. That's a wrap for us. We will be back once training camp begins in Oxnard, California. We will, uh, the three of us will be at Oxnard. Amber will be taking a little time that, for us, a little sure? family time. You're, you're writing huh? that down? Well, Jerry has said it, so I'm betting on the fact that if Jerry has <laughs> we, said it. Jerry. We, Jerry has said nothing about me being an Oxnard. <laughs> oh, the Cowboys, oh, I assume, will be. You're going to be an Oxnard. Oh, okay, cool. Trust me, you'll be an Oxnard. Good to know. We're breaking news here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, nobody's Y'all told me anything. Y'all go ahead and start packing your bags. All right, you're fine. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll get you there.
I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that happens. Amber will take a little family time. She'll be back with us at some point in the season. We'll see how that goes. And we'll probably be calling her and annoying her and making her give, <laughs> her, give us some opinions uh, throughout camp. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleson. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?